These things are kind of weird, huh? Mm. I like it. It's all right. Where'd you get it? Uh, there's a, a shop called Mr. Hooker in Prague, and I, I stole it. Did you at least dilate the time? Yeah, yeah, we can get it back before the uh, human consciousness has detected the loss. So how long has it been? Maybe 30 seconds in Earth time and we're okay? We're okay for now. We can keep it for another couple of hours, but we really need to get it back. Okay. Well, luckily these don't affect our flesh vehicles because we're kind of in that variation. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm just keeping the flavor in the tongue right at the moment, but it's not going to affect my lungs in any way. No, right? absolutely not. Okay. It's all holographic at this point. It's just light and the appearance of form but it's not actually doing anything. Think about the amount of suffering it would cost you if you were consistently in that flesh vehicle and you had to deal with all of the troubles that have that haven't have it. This kind of messes up the sentences, doesn't it? It really does. Even though it's only simulated, it will scramble your simulated consciousness as though it were real. Hmm. So with that being said, imagine being stuck in your human flesh vehicle 24 seven, the mm -hmm. anxiety and the suffering that would be there mm -hmm. all the time. Mm hmm. Even when you're doing something enjoyable, people would be like, oh, you know, that's really bad for you. That's really bad for you, and it's dangerous, and it's going to damage your flesh vehicle, and I'm going to get freaked out because I'm scared about my flesh vehicle, and there's a lot of flesh vehicle anxiety going around. It's already tough enough just to do nothing in a flesh vehicle. Mm -hmm. The hardest thing, actually. It's interesting. They have this whole discipline called Buddhism down there, and they identified through Buddhism that Dukkha, which is suffering, was one of the core components of life. And then the sort of the solution to that was doing nothing, but literally. They just sit the flesh vehicle really, really still, focus the consciousness on one thing for extended periods of time. And that actually reduces suffering. But that doesn't make sense because when I was manifested in my flesh vehicle, all I wanted to do was to consistently stimulate every part of my brain and my blood cells and my, you know, the extra appendage, the feel good part. Oh, the feel good appendage. Uh, yeah. 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 I was a sucker for that too. Oh, wait. I mean, you I, were, no, I, oh, you were one of those. Types. No, no, I, enjoy, you, no, I was speaking I was, of which, would you like to? Oh, all right. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> so, but then why is it that when all the, the suffering will disappear if you don't focus, if you focus on absolutely nothing, but everything about the flesh vehicle wants the stimulation because that does feel good. You just stimulate everything about being in a body the entire time. And there it feels like there's an impulse to always do that. But why is the answer to just sit around and do nothing to get rid of all the suffering? Because if you're constantly responding to stimulation, an impulse, you live in chaos, and chaos breeds more suffering. Why, then why are we doing this? That's a good question. Perhaps you just balance it. Sometimes you do it, sometimes you don't. The little get out clause you would have if you were one of these Buddhist types is you would say you do it with conscious awareness and it reduces the suffering. If you do it unconsciously and impulsively, that creates the <coughs> docker. <laughs> docker. See, this is the, this this is the problem when it comes to the flesh vehicle. I got greedy for the pleasure. Yeah, if you think about it, all the humans want to do is just poison themselves in every single way because they enjoy the feeling of it. Why is that? Addiction to pleasure. You get stuck on it. It creates suffering. So the only route out of suffering is almost a kind of. I use my words carefully here, but English as a human language is pretty limited. Hmm. Proto-Indo-European roots as it has 
if you kind of withdraw from the stimulation, that was the idea. So they had these people, they called them monks and nuns, and they would literally just abandon civilization, abandon human society, and then just go and do nothing together. They would wear a uniform, hmm. they would shave their heads, everybody that was around them looked the same. Many of them took vows of silence just so there'd be less content, less stimulation, nothing to attach to. And in that space, human consciousness, the pool of human consciousness seems to still, and then suffering is reduced. But that's also boring, man. It kind of is. <laughs> well, it's like, why would you manifest into the flesh vehicle, enjoy poisoning yourself and rubbing body parts and all that stuff when the actual answer to get rid of suffering is to do nothing? Then, there's the, then there would be no point to manifest in the flesh vehicle. Karoina sent us here for like, what, year extension on your end? I think it's a year extension for me, yeah. Yeah. So then enjoy it, man. Flip your brains out. Maybe she's testing me, though. Maybe the point is that you could do it, but that you choose not to do it. And in not doing it, you override the impulse and then reduce suffering. Because you can reduce suffering for yourself with that stillness thing, with space, with silence. And the idea, the hypothesis is that it reduces suffering for people around you. Human consciousness is a burst of energy. Hmm. And like an explosion, it explodes outward. And it has that power, that inertia. And if we ride that inertia, or we power that inertia more, it gets stronger and stronger. And it has its own gravity. And I think the test, I'm not sure it's a test, the game is not to do that. Because it's a big temptation to do it. So are you implying that Corina our tentacly boss is testing what it means to be human in a flesh vehicle and maybe you're assuming that the whole agenda of our mission is to override all of our human impulses so be, being a human is basically a long shit test being a human is one long shit test that might be the smartest thing you've ever said that's a profound statement right there i usually don't speak english so because the question would be, we're not qualified for this job. She sent people who she knew would probably fuck it up. Because <laughs> we're She dummies. picked us out of all, out of all people right. to experience and override suffering as a human being when we are gluttons for, for the those stimulus. behaviors. Exactly. We're, we're decadent libertines who indulge and love that whole thing that whole lifestyle is that why we're slowly becoming more attached and enjoying what it's like to be in a flesh suit because i definitely am i think it's quite fun actually and that's why in my own scrambled mind i can't fathom how enjoyable it would be to just sit on top of a rock wearing a tunic thinking about nothing for 10 hours a day then there would be no point of manifesting as the human yeah that's a good point so we would be like a worked example of what happens when you shove a non-human consciousness into the human flesh vehicle because we shouldn't be attaching to it, and yet we do. Hmm. So it's not a question of human consciousness that's the problem. Maybe it's the context in which human consciousness occurs, the flesh vehicle, the low-resource environment. I mean, it's tough down there. Not right now, but through most of our evolution, there was just nothing. There was no, nothing to eat. There was loads of predators, there was bad weather storms, rocks, death, pain and suffering. And so it's going to lead consciousness in that direction. Maybe human consciousness is pH neutral and it's the environment that's the problem. That would include the flesh vehicle. 
why would something neutral like the human consciousness just transpire into something that's just exclusively reactive to external stimuli if we weren't supposed to be like it's like music it's like dance uh-huh. dance is like immediate impulsive reaction to external stimuli but it feels good though mm. as opposed to feeling bad again there's that element and i'm not i i'm aware that this could be slippery of me but there's the element of conscious awareness and intent so humans have a choice mm. if you do it with conscious awareness and with intent then you're less reactive though you're right you are still dancing to the music Are you going to enjoy this year-long extension in a flesh suit in the meantime? Because right now, apparently, I manifested as well as you in Prague for a bit of time. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's catching the little, you know, invisible monster up in their nose. And, like, mm-hmm. the numbers are rising. And apparently, you can't really do much. Mm-hmm. Like, thank God we're out in the flip ship right now. Imagine the people that would yell at us if they found out that we we're in our flesh suits inhaling some sort of tube. But that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Is like the the collective message from the authority figures in humanity right now is saying, do nothing, sit still, go home, enjoy less of your stimulations. I mean, that's what they took off the board first. Sports, dancing, music, uh, even religious congregations. They took them away first. All the stim. That's the only thing that keeps people level. Right. Why would they take the thing that keeps most flesh suit carriers sane. There's only two ways I see that as being a thing, a deliberate attempt to torture or a deliberate attempt to enlighten. Thesis, antithesis, synthesis. Sometimes the road to enlightenment is a kind of torture, it's suffering. Huh. Because people only start getting their shit together once they get like a straight up punch to the jaw and they lose like a few teeth and they start really tasting the goulash that they're sipping on for real real. because that way they don't take the lack of teeth for granted this time. That's it. So maybe we're all just getting punched in the jaw and we're supposed to like it. Some people like that. Did you know that? Humans like go in the bedroom, they like hit each other. They're attachment machines, man. They can get attached to anything at all, including suffering. Crazy. They like tie each other up with rope and stuff mm-hmm. and they like they love it mm, that's disgusting i would never personally engage in that if i was manifested in a flesh vehicle did i didn't i i don't know yeah well in the you meantime can't prove it, anything yeah i know in the meantime <laughs> just put your mouth on this yes daddy <laughs> yo so okay if right now i think they're they're going through like this what do you saw the second wave like surfs up bro like let's like ride this out and it's mm-hmm. like a bad wave because then mm-hmm. the, the people that are on like beach cities and islands and stuff they like the waves and surfing on the waves except mm-hmm. this type of wave is something that we all don't like mm-hmm. because apparently everybody's getting like really messed up but the fact is like after this first one i felt like there was maybe more of suffering and it really impacted people terribly in another way they have this thing called uh uh economy mm-hmm. it's like with money or oh something. yeah the the cash flow system they're still using currency down there <laughs> yeah apparently they survive by trading pieces of paper back and forth but then because of this type of like second first wave second wave thing the the pieces of paper can't move as fast as it usually does Mm, fiat currency little pieces of debt 
And apparently, when the paper starts stops moving, mm-hmm. everybody is in a worse position. Mm-hmm. So I feel like even more people are affected by the piece of paper not moving around than the invisible monster. Yeah, some people have suggested that. So there's suffering that comes from two potential places: the danger of the biological attack to the flesh vehicle, but then the dangers longer term for if the little pieces of paper stop flying around. Where there'll just be less stuff, and people won't be able to look after their flesh vehicles because there'll be less stuff. They'll be living in a poorer environment after that. So there is that balancing of dangers. There's several threats. There's several dangers, and it's not clear exactly how to respond to it. In fact, you could say it's it's the least clear moment in human history that I'm aware of. I'm kind of a dummy. I didn't study it properly, but it seems like that to me. The、mm. lack of clarity. There's no identifiable enemy, but they're evolved for identifiable enemies. They're not evolved for ambiguity. So, what do you think causes more human suffering? If they had a tangible lion chasing them,、mm. or if they were just running from something invisible that they thought that was trying to kill them, but they weren't sure if it was actually anything at all—a ghost or an actual tangible lion? Your second description of an intangible ghost that's chasing you that may or may not exist is probably the best definition of suffering that you could give. Referencing those Buddhists again, that's the definition of dukkha. It's the running away from intangible ghosts that may or may not really exist. It's kind of a self-torture. They were like the mental health professionals before mental health existed. They would be saying, you know. Where is these illusions coming from? If you're engaged fully and associated in reality, with full focus, you suffer less. But if you're in the delusion, running from the invisible ghosts and the invisible threats, I mean, they never get tired. A lion gets tired, or it eats, and you die. These things are—they're eternal. They never run out. They never wear out because they're not real. They're simulated. <laughs>、mm. So let's let's call these things the mind ghosts, right? The stuff that people start like grabbing their hair and pulling it out for stuff that isn't necessarily an actual lion chasing them.、Mm-hmm. Let's call them the mind ghosts, right?、Like、so these ghosts, people are convinced that they're chasing them,、mm-hmm. and like with a lot of these apparitions and stuff like that, it takes a person's mind to convince them that it is real in the first place, which means that it is real. Because humans work off projections and subjectivity, so if they imagine something to actually be there, there's a thing called like placebo.、Uh, there was a human band that adopted that name, but also the effect of like taking like a sugar pill,、mm-hmm. and they think that like their you know ovarian cramps disappeared or something right, like that. Right. So if they are convinced that there is a mind ghost following them,、mm-hmm. they get really really hurt if you told that person. Hey, there's no ghosts.、Hmm. So placebo has the same root as placer, which means to please or pleasure. Nocebo is what you're talking about, where the thing doesn't actually exist, but it still causes pain and suffering. So, how do you convince people who are running from ghosts that there's no real threat? And that's probably a really good definition of what's going on back in the past. There in 2020, there's a lot of running from. What did you call them? Mind ghosts. Mind ghosts. Was there almost? I think the correct term is a Dan Pemic.、Uh, it's Dema Panic. Dema Panic. Man Dema Panic. Right. I felt like there was already a Man Dema Pandemic. Pandemic. 
like yeah. the animal? I think the so. Eyeballs? Yeah, they're quite threatening. So the the first pandemic was actually something <laughs> that <laughs> that had to deal with <laughs> the mind, right? Because yeah. there was some, some sort of viral mental infection at first, right? For a while, yeah. And then this weird physical thing apparently is the end of it. Yeah, hmm. it's interesting that that word. Like it reminds me of the word panic. Uh, which comes from one of their gods over in the, the western side of the world. How do they divide it into east and west? Anyway, um, in the western side of the world, which is this spirit god of pure nature, pure lust, pure chaos. It's life, but it's life unbridled. It's life unedited. And it sort of implies that if you imbibe life unedited and unbridled with no structure, no ideology, you shit your pants and you panic, and you start running from invisible ghosts. So people who were possessed by Pan lost their minds. They had these warriors, the Spartan warriors, and they play Pan pipes when they went into battle to try and scare the shit out of their enemy. Before they even killed any of them, they would terrify them hmm. with this sound. You said, uh, shit your pants? Yes. Okay, I have the solution for this particular report. Mm-hmm buy a lot of toilet paper and that should solve the crisis they should all buy all the toilet paper all of the time or what okay you know you usually write the reports i'll write that in this report okay and i'll it's send it over beautiful here. i love it all right. <laughs> <laughs>